1: And just be still. And I've said this so many, many times, but I thank God for the godly women who have stood in the gap and been faithful when men wouldn't be faithful. I thank God for the women who have kept the church up and strong when men were weak and wavering. And I do praise God for the godly women, but I tell you, ladies, you will join me in this. There is something special when men step up to the plate. When men will bow down before God, when men will pray, when men will lead the way, when men of God will stand in the gap. And so I know while these men are here and while we're praying for the service and while we're asking God to bless us, I know you're also praying for us and we thank you for that. Uh, Brother Al, I'm going to give this mic to you. But I want you to pray, you guys, I want you all to gather around me and lay your hands on me and pray for me
2: at the same time while we're praying. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord God. We lay aside, Lord God, to give you praise, to give you adoration, Lord God, because you are our strength, Lord God. In a time, Lord God, where everything is being shaken, Lord God, you are still our strength, Lord God. Yes, Lord. As the men of this church, Lord God. Let us grow deep and rooted, Lord God, in your word, Lord, in your value, Lord God, in your character, Lord God. And let the unction of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, grip us and surround us, Lord God, and begin to strengthen us like never before, Lord God. Lord, let us be awakened, Lord God. Lord God, let us be, again, to humble ourselves, to be taught, Lord God, to be trained, Lord God, by only you, by your truth, Lord God. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, to take each and every one of us, Lord God. Lord God, pastors, Lord God, our leadership, Lord God. Lord, begin to strengthen us like never before, Lord God. God, grip us, Lord God. Begin to turn, Lord God, our awakening on the inside of us, Lord God. When we begin to pray, Lord God, we begin to seek you like never before, Lord. Let it be a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, Lord God. And fill us again, Lord God. God, give us new compassion, Lord. Give us new love, Lord God. Give us, Lord God, a, a, a new, Lord God, eyesight, Lord God, to see, Lord, that we need you more than ever before, Lord God. Lord, take our pastor, Lord God. Lord, lead him, Lord God. Humble him, Lord God. Lord, teach him your ways, Lord God. Let him lead this flock, Lord God, in these last days, Lord God. And, Lord, every, everything that's trying to hinder, Lord. That's everything that's we trying to stop, Lord God. What you're doing in this we house, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus Hallelujah. right now, Lord. We come against and it, Lord, Lord God. Every arrow, Lord God, we ask you to break it, Lord. To break Lord, its bond, Lord God. The Lord, we want to do, Lord, the very will and the very purpose, Lord, that you sent this house to do in this community, Lord God. We want to do your will, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. And, Lord, together, Lord God, you mm-hmm. said with, with two, Lord God, together in agreement with you, Lord God, right. that you are in the midst of us, Lord. That's right. So, Lord, together, Lord, with you, Lord, we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, Lord. Mm-hmm. We shall complete the task that you have given us, Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, we ask you to wash over every family, every household, Lord, yes. in the name of Jesus, O God, and bring them to a place of prayer and supplication with you, Lord, mm-hmm. like never before in these last days. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen,
1: Amen. wow, I don't know whether to preach or give an invitation. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Jude. We'll read the last two verses. Actually, we'll read verse 1 along with those last two. And today, as we get started, I want you to know that we have come to the end of our study in this amazing and wonderful little book of Jude. And as we come to the conclusion of this study, it's obvious that Jude wants us to know that our God is a faithful God. He wants us to know that God is promised and he will keep his promises. What Jude is saying to us is our God is a God who has given to us great and precious promises that he's given us his guarantee when it comes to our salvation. Now, over these past few weeks, as we've studied this book of Jude, it's been, as you will have to admit, it's been bittersweet. It's been bad and it's been good. And and the bad we find in the book of Jude is extremely bad. And the good we find in there is extremely good. And I won't re-preach all my other messages, but you remember the bad stuff we talked about. Jude informs us. We don't even like to hear this. But Jude informs us that the church of Jesus Christ has been infiltrated by the enemy. That's what he tells us. He tells us that they have crept in unaware. They have slipped in among us that there are those among us who defile the very work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there are those who have come into the church and now they are teaching false doctrine. They are turning the grace of God into lewdness. Uh, They are using the church for their own greed and their own gain. And they're always causing division In the church. And why do they always cause division? Because their hearts are not set on Christ and His church and the unity of the church. They're in it for themselves. They serve only themselves. And the last thing Jude says about these deceivers kind of says it all. He says they have not the Holy Spirit. There are people who have come into the church and they don't even have the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the bad news. And it is real bad. But the good news is equally good. The good news is there are still those in the family of faith who are true and who are genuine and who love God and who are passionate for the faith. There are still those who are serving Christ with all of their hearts. They're true believers. They're not perfect, but they are serving Christ. That's the good news. And what Jude says to these individuals, he says, contend for the faith. Stand up for the faith. Be bold. Be counted. Stand up for the truth. Stand up for what really matters. And he also tells those who are true believers... Not to just stand up for the faith, but he tells them to build themselves up in their most holy faith. You you see, there's a group of people in the church and and I'm assuming that if this indeed was the case when Jude wrote this within a hundred years of the establishment of the church, how much worse is it today? That there are people all over the world who have infiltrated into the church who do not have Christ and His Lordship in first place. And these people are dangerous. These people are deadly. These people are destructive. And they're trying to tear down the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ. And what Jude is saying is, while they're trying to tear down the ministry of the church... Those of you who are true to the faith, you need to be building up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not just a call for individuals. He, He says building yourselves up in your most holy faith. While there are some who are trying to tear the church down, friends, you and I should be trying to build it up. And I will tell you this, I think the church would be in far better shape today if the true believers would be more concerned about building it up than they are those who are trying to tear it down. See, sometimes we want to point our fingers at those who are doing the wrong things, but we're not willing to do the right things. And so he says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. And I I love the fact that he doesn't leave us hanging. He tells us exactly how to do that. And this is where we ended last week. And so we'll pick up right here. So he says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. And he gives us four things to do that that we can do that will build us up individually and collectively as a family of faith. Do you remember the four things? We assign some sign language to it to help us remember. You remember when we concluded the service? These are the four things that will build you up, will build your family up, will build this church up. And that is that we... Pray in the Holy Spirit. You remember? We pray in the Holy Spirit. What that means is we pray with His assistance. We pray with His help. We pray with His leadership. We don't just rush into the time of prayer and just rattle off a laundry list before God. I, 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 it's not wrong to have a prayer list, but we need to go deeper than that. We need to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit to lead us and guide us. And then the second thing He says is that we keep ourselves in the love of God. Did you know that there's one scripture in the New Testament that says if you are a child of God, that the love of God has been shed abroad, it has been poured out from above into your heart by the Holy Spirit? That God has poured His love into your heart? Every time somebody gets saved, God pours His love into their hearts. And what the Bible says is if you want to build yourself up, if you want to build your church up, if we want to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, we have to pray in the Holy Spirit and we have to keep ourselves in the love of God. Don't allow this world to drag you down. Don't allow this world to cause you to become negative and depressed and discouraged. Every now and then, somebody will say to me, what are we going to do now? Things are so bad. If a Democrat gets elected, America's... If if a crazy Republican gets elected... (laughs) Well, friends, I've got news for you. Quit watching so much news and start reading the Bible. It tells us to keep ourselves in the love of God. Oh, friends... Oh yeah, the world is spiraling downward and things are going to get worse and worse and the days will be evil and the days will be dark. But guess what? I've met a Savior and so have you. We've met a living Lord, a living Savior. And you and I have the ability to keep ourselves in the love of God. No, I'm not going there. There was a, program, a news program on television that I started watching a while back and I had to quit because I got suicidal after watching it for about a week. It was just horrible. It was just negative and gloom and doom. And I want to tell you something, friends. We can pray in the Holy Spirit. We can keep ourselves in the love of God. And do you remember what the next one was? Looking unto the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. All this is found right in the text of Jude uh, we'll get to our scripture in a moment. But looking unto the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And what that means is you keep gazing upon Him. I, I'm, I'm honest with you, friends. It's hard to get depressed when your eyes are on Jesus. When you're focused on Him, you keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You keep looking for His mercy and grace. And you look all the way to that moment of eternal life. When God does His holy, divine, final work of redemption in our lives and he redeems us did you know that the bible says his mercies are new say it with me every morning every morning you wake up his mercies are new so pray in the holy spirit it will build us up in our most holy faith keep yourselves in the love of god it'll build you up in your most holy faith looking unto the mercy of our lord jesus christ it will build you up in your most holy faith and then there was one more you remember what the last one was (laughs) <laughs> I was I was going to use a little you know softer words, but okay, I'll take that. Snatching the lost, the deceived, those who have been misled, with compassion and mercy, we're all about the business of helping them out of darkness to come into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. You. You want to build yourself up? You want this church to be built up in Christ? Listen, let's keep praying in the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Spirit to lead us and teach us how to pray. Let's keep ourselves in the love of God. Let's keep our eyes on Christ and His mercy. And let's never give up the business of helping people out of darkness and into the glorious light of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's keep telling them the good news. Let's keep preaching the Word of God. Wow, that's good news, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's bad news in this book, but wow, there is some good news. Now, that brings us to our text, and and so let's read Jude 124 and 25, and this is where we close in our study. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I love that. Man, you you could set up camp right here and stay for a while. But but quickly, let's go back to verse 1. Let's look at verse 1 again. This is where we began our study. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, This is what I want you to see. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Listen, as we think on God's promises, as we think on God's guarantees, we find in this little short book of the Bible, we find this, that as a child of God, you're being preserved in Jesus Christ that He is able to keep you from stumbling, and He is able to present you faultless before God. Friends, you want God's guarantee? Here it is. He preserves us in Jesus Christ. He keeps us from stumbling, and He's given us the promise that one day He'll present us faultless before the glory of His presence. Now, what I want us to do this morning is look at the theology, uh, the doctrine, the teachings, that we find in these uh, three verses, and then we'll just rejoice over the truth for a moment. L- let's start with verse 1, and, and just a portion of verse 1, Jude 1.1. 1, 1. To those who are called, these are the three words I want you to see. This is where we started. Those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Called. You see, he's identifying who the true believers are, those who have been called. The Holy Spirit has called them out of darkness. Yes, we may have been the agent, the person, the minister, the evangelist, the witness that God used, but it was the Holy Spirit that called them. Every now and then, somebody, I'll run into somebody that maybe I led to the Lord or came to to the lord in one of our worship services and i say hey pastor do you remember me you saved me and i say wait 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 if i saved you you're in trouble (laughs) but but maybe god used me in that drawing process maybe he used our church maybe He used somebody else but god called you it means that the holy spirit has captured your attention at some place in your life And He has drawn you to Himself. And then He uses the next word. He says sanctified. You know what that word sanctified means? It means purified, cleansed, consecrated to God. It means separated. To be sanctified means to be separated from that which is unholy. It means the blood of Jesus Christ has separated you from the sins of your past and He has also separated you from the guilt of those sins. And then... The word i really want you to look at is that word preserved in jesus christ the greek word here is tereo and it means listen to this this is just awesome to guard it means to prevent from escaping it means to hold in custody it means to detain and and The whole idea, the commentaries say on this is the idea is that that of being held in a military fortress. So this is what Jude is saying. Jude's saying, I'm writing to you that are called. I'm writing to you that are sanctified and you've been washed in the blood of the lamb. You've been made clean. I'm also writing to those of you who are being held in his custody. You are his detainees. (laughs) You're in the fortress of his love. I'm writing to those of you that God will not allow you to escape. You're His. We're talking about God's guarantee. He calls us, He cleanses us, and He detains us. That's how Jude begins the book. Now let's go to verses 24 and 25 and we'll see how he ends the book. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Now, uh, this is one of the great doxologies of the Bible. And by the way, that word doxology means to praise God with your words. It means a word praise. And that's what this is. There are many of them in the Bible. This is one of the great ones. But in this doxology, we find something amazing. We find God's guarantee. It says he is able to keep you from stumbling. Now, I need your undivided attention just for a moment. This does not mean that you'll never make another mistake. This does not mean that you'll never commit another sin or you'll, you'll never do anything else wrong. What this means, church, is it, is it means that God, when He saves you, He has the ability to keep you from stumbling. It means that He like all good fathers, will keep you moving in the right direction. It means that He, as our Heavenly Father, will do what a good earthly Father will do, and that is, He'll keep you moving in the right direction. He'll support you as you move in that direction. He will encourage you and He will teach you and He will correct you and He will discipline you. He 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 will He will be involved in your Christian life. You have been born as a Christian and he will keep you walking in the right direction. Uh, The New Living Translation says he will keep you from falling away. The idea is he'll keep you from falling away from the faith. The Message Bible says he'll keep you on your feet, standing tall. The best illustration I've got for you, I've seen it dozens of times. You've seen it, I've done it. If you've ever seen a father walking behind a little baby that's learning how to walk, and the father will hold his hands to the side, and that baby will begin to walk, and the father will walk, and when the baby kind of goes one way, the father will pick that child right back up. And then when it goes this way, pick the child back up, never letting the child fall completely down, even though they falter and stumble, and the father teaches a child how to walk that way. That's the image you and I should have here. And so what he says is, is he says that he is able, able to keep you from stumbling. And then notice the second thing he says in that verse, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. Now I looked up the word faultless because I wanted to know what it means. Do you know what the word faultless means? It means faultless. That's what it means. You know, sometimes you can do the Greek and the Hebrew and, and, and you can do all these word studies and it just means what it means. Faultless means faultless. It means one day, not only the one who is holding you in His custody, the one who has you in the fortress of His love, the one who is keeping you from falling completely away from the faith, one day He will present you faultless before the glory of His presence, without one spot, without one blemish, without one flaw, you will be presented faultless before the presence of His glory, without blemish, without anything except the purity of the Lord. Now already, even in this message this morning, we've seen five aspects of salvation. Here it is. We are called by the Holy Spirit. We are cleansed and sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. We are preserved in Christ Jesus, held in his custody. We we are his detainees. I love that. We're his detainees. He's not going to let you go. We're his detainees. And, and, And then what we have is he keeps us from falling away from the faith. And then ultimately, He will present us faultless before the presence of His glory. You see, friends, this is God's guarantee. Th- what the Bible makes very clear is this, and that is that if God has called you, and, and I've, I've had people ask me, how do I know if God's calling you? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. But I know if God's calling you, you'll know God's calling you. I, I told somebody one time, Really, I said this early in my ministry. I was talking to an elderly guy in the church and I said, I think God's trying to get my attention. He said, Son, God doesn't try to do anything. God wants your attention. He'll get your attention. Now, how He does it is His business. The way, the method. thats it, I don't know, but I do know this. Jesus said, No man can come to Me except the Father which hath sent Me. Draw him... And then I'll raise him up at the last day. You see, friends, when God calls you, when he calls you, and when you respond to that calling of the Lord by faith and repentance, and he washes you in the blood of the Lamb, he cleanses your heart, and he makes you a new creature in Christ. When that happens, this is God's guarantee that He will preserve you. He will will keep you in His custody. You will be His detainee. He will not let you escape. He will hold you in the fortress of His love. That's God's guarantee. And, And if you get weak, He will not let you fall completely away. And one day, this is His guarantee, He will present you Faultless, without spot or blemish, before the presence of his glory. Now, that's his guarantee. One glorious day, he will present us that way. Now, I want to, I I really prayed, where do I go at this point in the message? And so, I felt the Lord was leading me. So, this is what I want to share with you. What if there were no biblical guarantees from God? What if there were no biblical promises from God? What if we had all of the biblical teachings about what we should and shouldn't do, but what if we could find no guarantees, no promises in God's Word? I thought long and hard about that. And if if that were the case, then my preaching would sound something like this. I want to spend a few moments preaching to you as if there are no promises or guarantees in God's Word. It would go something like this. I'm calling on every person in this house, every person under the sound of my voice. I'm calling on you to turn away from your sin, to turn away from everything the Bible calls sin. And I'm calling on you to turn to the Lord. And I'm calling on every person in this house to abandon your old lifestyle your old interests, the way you have lived. I'm calling on you to abandon your lifestyle and turn your complete life over to Him. I'm calling on every person in this house to give yourself completely to the Lord, to change everything about your life so that it begins to line up with God's will and God's Word. I'm calling on every person in this house to become an active member of the family of faith and for the church to be priority in your life. And I'm calling upon every person in this house to die to self, to proclaim Jesus as Lord, and to follow Him and to follow His teachings. However, there is no guarantee that He will keep you after you've given your life to Him. I want you to do all of that, but there is no guarantee that He will save you in the end. I want you to do all of those things, but there is no guarantee that He will give you eternal life or that you'll spend eternity in heaven with Him. In fact, to be honest with you today, it's just all hit and miss. You see, I'm asking you to fully and completely surrender yourself to the will of God and to God's way for your life, but God is not willing to fully and completely make a commitment to you he's not willing to make you any promises he's not willing to give you a guarantee so today this is what i'm calling upon you to do i'm calling upon you to do your best and in the end let's just see what happens now now before i say anything i want to tell you 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 want to hear the sad truth That's the way some of the false preachers and teachers are teaching today. That's the way they're preaching and teaching. And can I tell you that if what I just shared with you was the gospel, if that's all the good news is, I'd be the most depressed person on the planet. I wouldn't be standing there preaching today. You know why? Why? Because I learned a long time ago that my best is not good enough. My best can't even successfully th- see me through one day, much less get me into the kingdom of heaven. My best is not good enough. And don't be offended, but I've been this pastor. I've, I've been the pastor of this church for a long time. I know a lot of you guys real well. You're in trouble. Your best is not good enough. It's not even close. (laughs) Oh, friends. But hold on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Our salvation comes with a full and complete guarantee from God Himself. If He called you, And if you responded to that call through repentance and faith, and if He has washed you in the blood of the everlasting Lamb of God, then friends, this is your guarantee. He has captured you in His love. You are being held in His fortress. He will not let you go. You're being preserved in Christ Jesus our Lord. And He won't let you stumble. He won't let you escape. He won't let you run away. And one of these days He will present you before the throne of His grace and goodness and glory, not because you've done your best, but because a Savior died on the cross, shed His blood, and made you pure and holy. Oh, friends. That's the truth. That's the guarantee preserved in Christ Jesus through the one who's able to keep you from stumbling, and through the one who will one day present you faultless before the throne and the glory of his grace. Wow. Well, I I, I like to anticipate part of my whole study preparation and preaching preparation is to anticipate what people will say to me after the service. (laughs) And sometimes I preach with fear and trembling. But, just in case somebody would want to ask this question after the service, they'll say, well, pastor, what about those scriptures that deal with the judgment of God? What about those scriptures that say we'll stand before God and give an account of every idle word? What about those Scriptures that say that we'll stand before the judgment of God and He'll bring everything into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil? What about those Scriptures? What about that, Pastor? And here's what I want to say to you. That's biblical. The Bible says it. But it doesn't change what I've read to you here either. Do you understand? Listen, this will help you out in the days to come. You can never take one passage of Scripture and one teaching in the Bible and wipe out another teaching in the Bible. You can't do that. They both stand. They're both true. The one thing I can absolutely positively tell you today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is one of these days in the end, when the dust settles, if you are a born again child of God, He will present you before the glory of His grace without spot, without blemish, without a flaw, perfect through Christ Jesus our Lord. You say, How in the world is He going to do that? Well, friends, that's the reason He's the Savior and you're not. That's the reason he's Lord. And that's the reason the blood of the everlasting covenant is so important. So next time you think about judgment day and you cringe a little bit, and by the way, I think that's healthy. I think you probably should cringe a little bit when you think about Judgment Day. But the next time you think about Judgment Day and you cringe, then immediately I hope you'll remember the book of Jude and God's guarantee that yes, I know the Holy Spirit called me. And yes, I know He cleansed me and washed me. And the load of sin was lifted off of me. Yes, I know that. And I know God has guaranteed me that He will preserve me in Christ Jesus. He will keep me in the pavilion of His love. He'll keep me from stumbling. And one day, beyond my wildest dreams, he'll present me faultless before the throne of his grace. Wow. Now, because all of us are so keenly aware of the fact that that is absolute impossibility apart from a miracle from God, what that probably means is we'll spend eternity praising him and worshiping him for his promises and his guarantees and his goodness and his faithfulness. (laughs) See, I think after you've been in heaven a million years, you'll think, man, there's no reason for me to be here apart from Jesus. I I believe that with all my heart. Now, yes, friends, yes, there are deceivers and charlatans and hypocrites and phonies and fakes all around the church of Jesus Christ. But I can also tell you, friends, there are genuine, true believers who've been radically and gloriously and wonderfully changed by the touch of God upon their lives. They've been saved. And I can tell you, for those true believers, listen to me, God's faithfulness, God's guarantee, God's promises, God's word is the most precious thing for them. Oh, they hold on to that. And I can also tell you, friends, there's coming a moment in time when As a true believer, you and I will rejoice in his presence. I I have to show you this. This is just, this is so good. Uh, Look at verse 24 again. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with, say it with me, exceeding joy. Oh, friends, as children of God, we're on our way to a moment in time before the presence of God where there will be exceeding joy. And how do we respond to that? With a doxology. Stand with me. Pull up Jude 125. Congregation, I want you to mean this like you've never meant it before. We'll say it slowly. Follow my lead. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen.
0: Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.